Welcome back to the Understanding Men podcast, which is basically two guys talking about things that men could, but don't speak about anywhere near enough. I'm Luke Sutton, and I'm once again here with my great friend, Fraser Franks. Thank you for joining us again today. And today's subject is marriage separation. As I'm sure you've heard on previous episodes, I've been divorced for around four years now. And Fraser has very recently announced his separation from his wife. So it's a topic that we we both have experience with, but but are at different ends of the scale. And it seems a difficult one to talk about, but a really important one to talk about. As Fraser said to me yesterday, this is exactly why we do this podcast to tackle subjects like this. The UK divorce rate is estimated at around 40%. So there is certainly a lot of people that this affects. And I don't know how much men talk about it, if I'm perfectly honest. So I think this podcast is going to be difficult, be interesting, but I think it, I'm, I'm really proud that we're, we're trying to tackle it. How do you feel about taking on this subject today, Fraser? It's it, it probably exactly the same as, as you said there, Luke. And we, you know, even in your intro every episode, it's, you know, we talk about things that men probably don't talk enough about. And I think this is definitely one of those subjects. And you you know it's one of those subjects by the way that you almost feel going into it. Even you yesterday going, are you sure you're okay to talk about this? And when it has that feeling, you know that it's something that, again, goes against the grain a little bit that doesn't get talked about. And, you know, just like some of the other issues that we've talked about, like, um, you know, male body insecurity or money or things like that, there's a, a real taboo around the word divorce and it's got certain connotations when you hear that word you think of big clashes and people against each other and it's you know toxic and stuff like that but often the word gets talked about but actually divorce doesn't really I don't know anyone that's spoken openly about separation because it's not a nice thing to go through for a start but yeah I think in in society it's just one of those things that gets tries to get pushed to the side and kept in the dark but we want to you know shine a bit of a light on it because as you say there the listeners that we have there'll be a large portion of those that have gone through something similar and if we can Mm. make that person feel less alone or learn from this and you know I've learned so much from you and your separation and you're further along than I am so if we can do that for other people then it's it's definitely Mm. worth us being a little bit uncomfortable and talking about it yeah I mean I find it really interesting because I could feel myself as I was talking at the start in that intro bit. My voice came down a little bit. It was like, I, you know, rather than that energy of like, we're going to tackle, it's almost like um, a little bit of trepidation type. <laughs> yeah. Not trepidation is a bit too strong, but, you know, it's like, oh, we're in territory, new territory maybe, I, I guess, or, and we'll, we'll talk about it more. I, I know that during you know when it when it my separation was very fresh and new as it is for you at the moment one of the things I found the hardest as a man I didn't know who to talk to about it really I found that really difficult and it's no no one's fault or it's just exactly the constructs that we talk about of why we set the podcast up I just didn't there wasn't an obvious male or males to go to to talk about how difficult I was finding it because like you said it's it's incredibly difficult so I'm I'm glad we're doing this I'm proud of us mm-hmm. yeah me too well 
Well, look, Fraser, let's get, let's kick it off. I mean, it is it is new for you at the moment, relatively new. I mean, how do you feel about your marriage separation today? Yeah, different to how I felt a few months back. And as you said, it's still very fresh. So there's still lots of new emotions um, and situations I'm learning to deal with that I've never been exposed to before. I'm in a place where, you know, me and my wife, because we are still married on paper, while that, that goes through, are very amicable, which I've always wanted. I've never wanted it to be me against you and people that love us and know us are like Team Stacy, Team Fraser, because we've got the most beautiful four-year-old daughter in the middle of this. And for both of us, it's, you know, what can we do to be the best parents that we can possibly be? so that she's just surrounded by love and you know that takes a lot of work on yourself and self-reflection and awareness and forgiveness all those things that can be difficult at times but as as I talk to you now coming up to four months yeah we've we've dealt with it really well we're dealing with it really well and I think at first I was a little bit if I'm honest a little bit embarrassed and felt like a bit of a failure because the marriage had broken down. And yeah, that was probably a, probably a little bit of pride there. What are people going to think? All those kind of things originally, but I haven't thought along those lines at all in the last good few months. And I've, I've, I've tried to do a lot of reading around the subject. I've tried to talk to people. You've been incredible because you're further along and you didn't have that mail that had gone through or you could talk to. But luckily for me, you've been that for me. And again, going back to our addiction episode, a lot of the tools I've used in recovery, I definitely feel like I've used during this process, the steps I've gone through and the way that I've looked inwards and how I've dealt with situations and where I've been responsible and what I can't control. I've, I've learned a hell of a lot from that and, and tried to apply it to this. But yeah, it's still very fresh and I know there's going to be an enormous amount of ups and downs and new challenges with that, but I feel really proud of how we've dealt with it so far. And yeah, if, if it's anything like it has been so far, then then Nelly will grow up and, and have, you know, the most loving parents that she can have that, that offer their best selves to her. So I think that's where I'm at at the moment. And I have to, I have to say as well, I know we'll probably come on to it. Well, we definitely will, but, you know, me and you met on Friday and it was just, for me, it's like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen is, you know, you said to me, come round to your ex-wife's house. <laughs> and we went, and it sounds, this is the thing. If it sounds People really are going to believe you. No. Mm. So I went round to your ex-wife's house with your two children, with you and her new partner. Mm. And we all have a lovely evening together and have some food and talk. And I was just like, this is incredible to have you and your ex-wife there and her new partner and for everyone to be getting on and for the kids to feel loved and you could tell it's just a really lovely environment and I was like this is exactly what I want I would love to have but obviously I know that that probably didn't come on day one so how did you not get to this point but how did you first deal with with the separation yourself if you told someone about that or when people see 
me with my ex-wife Jude and her partner Dom I can tell that there's one or two people who kind of want to have some cynicism about it it's like oh I can't be like that amicable (laughs) they're just putting it on or whatever and I can almost sense it in them with them because and I think it's a real sign of human nature I want to talk about this more on this subject I think there's that want for there to be some side that you have to join like you said team Fraser or team Stacey or there has to be anger or whatever and when there's not people find it a little bit disconcerting They're like that doesn't seem quite right Jude and I have had to work really hard at that over the years and the first thing I'd say and it's not a kind of coy easy throwaway compliment Jude's an amazing person and that makes it really easy because she's she's really She's always just wanted the best for the kids and the best for us when we've been married and and not married. And that's made it get to where we've got to. But it's taken time and it's taken for both of us a lot of self-reflection on what happened, where were we at? Because everyone looks at a marriage or a separation from their own perspective. And of course they do. That's the way it goes. But over time that perspective grows a little bit. And when you're in the heat of emotion and it's really raw, you're going to see it through a very narrow lens. And I think that's often why in early days you can get it wrong. You can say the wrong thing or make the wrong decision because your perspective is very red hot through a narrow lens versus over time you you gain a bigger perspective and you go, I didn't get that quite right. Or, you know, that thing that I used to blame him or her for maybe actually I was part of that and you know over time it it can kind of ease off and also if you've got children and I know you you and Stacey are doing it they're more important than anything and if you focus on that and you just go listen the past is the past let's move forward and, and work out what we what we need to do for the best of the kids you've got a chance of getting there but I think it it, it takes time and it's really really difficult out of it so far for you what what's been what's been the hardest thing that you've had to to cope with uh it's it's definitely just not waking up with Nelly every day I think that was Mm. I think originally that was the only thing that I was thinking of and Nelly being your daughter by the way yeah Yeah. Nelly being my daughter so it just I think when it was dawning that uh, the marriage was going to end that was always the thing I was like, and because I think I came from, my mum and dad weren't married, but I came from separated parents and it wasn't amicable and it wasn't nice and it wasn't pretty. And I, I think I was about eight or nine when, you know, when they separated. But I came from a so-called broken home. And ever since I was a kid, I've had this ideal family man that I want to be and this ideal family that I want to have and had. So the thought of my daughter having to go to mum mummy's this weekend and daddy's that weekend was I've that's where I probably felt like I'd failed, where I almost felt well, I did feel really guilty for Nelly for not having that mum and dad that are at home. But I had to put the bigger picture in to go, you know what, she's she's better off having, as I said, us being as happy and the best parents that we can be in two different homes than having us. And it wasn't blazing arguments or anything like that. It was nothing like that at all, but picking up on a certain vibe or not seeing the best relationship that she could possibly see and probably mirror and model as she goes forward. 
hopefully now and in years to come, she'll understand, you know, that this is, this was the best thing for her. But for me, it was, um, I don't know, probably about six months ago. I, I really, I think for a professional sport as well, I've, I'm not a very emotional person. So I, I didn't tend to cry much. I didn't tend to get excited too much. I was pretty much just on a level and that sport almost teaches you that not to get too high, not to get too low. And I think that was a little bit of con- conditioning in me as well. But over the last six months, I've just allowed myself to just feel everything. So mm. I've cried loads and I, I have actually felt like a physical release from doing that. Often on the drive home from dropping Nelly off, I'll hear a little song and I'll have a, a, a tear and stuff. And there are difficult moments like that, but not blocking them off and suppressing those now, which I used to do. And I think I've said to you before, like I'm, I'm now, I moved into an apartment on my own, you know, in a pretty much a city centre, town centre. This would have been my haven for suppressing those emotions because I could sit and drink in this, you know, in this apartment and no one's watching and I could just push those down and not feel and just self-medicate through alcohol. But again, I've, the tools that I now have to deal with it and to actually feel things instead of pushing them away and worrying about them tomorrow. You know, again, it's something I'm I'm really proud of, but yeah, going back to your question, it's definitely the adjusting to not being in the house and seeing every moment of, of mm. Nelly grow up, which I do, I still find, you know, very difficult, but it just makes me when I am with her, I can't wait. and I want to be as present as I can. And just thinking more about quality time with her instead of being there every single day, but not really being there. So I was guilty of that before as well, where we're playing and I'm sort of half my head's elsewhere and I'm not really giving her my full attention. It's probably given me a little prompt to do that a bit more. Yeah, no, we, I think we talked about that in the Being Dad episode, didn't mm. we, about, you know, I think I might have expressed that as sort of back to front as it sounds, and I'm not proud of it, I think divorce has made me a better dad because yeah. you, you know that time is so precious I remember that the hardest thing I found was separate I don't know if it's the hardest thing but it was a because there's so much that's really difficult and everything you've talked about I, I relate to enormously one of the really hard things that I remember most was it was the the fact that what was happening was causing so much pain to so many people you know around you around your yeah. family and I found that really difficult because mm-hmm. it was like, I just couldn't bear it for Jude and I. It was, that, it was the right thing for us to separate. But I remember at the time, it just, it was an unbearable pain. And it was almost like there was a bit of me going, oh God, we just need to stop this now, stop this pain and go, mm-hmm. you know, just not kind of have to push through it in a way. I don't know if I'm even making sense, but it's it was just that poker hot kind of, you could feel it in people, your parents, friends, you know, other siblings and relatives. It, every, it just affects a lot of people. It's a bit of a little shockwave through everything. And I just found that hard. It, it's like you can't, I don't know how you go through a marriage separation and kind of it just fly under the radar. I, d- I don't know. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, it makes, it's not until it happened that I realised how, how much and how many areas of life it affects as well. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not just the people, it's, yeah, just just maybe things that you do naturally when you're a couple together, just take extra effort and 
things that you don't really pay much attention to sort of come to the surface. But a little bit like you, I think people, even though we're early days, people, I know that people have probably found it a bit strange that we are very amicable. And, you know, for instance, on Monday, we both went to Nelly's Nativity Play together, sat together, you know, loved being there together for Nelly. It's been like a tradition where we go and get a Christmas tree together from a farm. We did that together. And, you know, those are, are really nice moments for, for Nelly to have as well and not to be around any kind of like negative energy of, as we spoke about before, I haven't really spoken to many people about what their divorces have, have been like, but I can imagine there are a lot of them where it is mum against dad and it's not amicable probably the vast majority, well, not against dad, but they... It could be dad against mum. Yeah, exactly go, that, yeah, yeah. Go Exactly yeah. that. But there's a, yeah. a division there and there's, mm. you know, the child maybe picking up on certain certain things. But I'm just really aware of that and I want, I just want Nelly to, just to feel loved and to feel enough and to feel supported and to feel like she's got that security around her. And it leads me to to ask you what, trying to add it up now, but what would the ages of your children have been when you separated? Trying to remember exactly. They would have been about eight. So it was a really tough age, you know, Mm. and uh, honestly, that wears on me a lot. It did at the time a lot. And again, I talked about it in that Being Dad episode. I've only just recently relaxed a little bit about how the kids are around it. Are they affected or that kind of thing? But I think that was only temporarily, you know, I, I do think about it a lot. I think that the thing that I remember most about that time was, and it's a little bit like we've hinted at up up till now, one of the hardest parts of dealing with a separation and divorce is the influence of people around you, around the two of you. I found that so difficult. And I'm speaking really honestly. I I just, it bordered on (laughs) almost like bullying in a way kind of thing at times. And I felt like too many people jumped at needing a side, you know, it was like, and I definitely didn't get everything right, but I was trying my best. And as Jude was, she'll look back and there'll be things she probably didn't think, well, I could have done that better. She was just trying her best. And we're both dealing with our own pain and, and, and trying to find a way through it all in a really difficult situation. But it shocked me the amount of people that kind of wanted to go to war on it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think when you were there on Friday night, Jude said to you that, you know, one of her old friends said to her, oh, you need to take him for all he's got, you know, in the divorce settlement. And also saying it was like the presumption was that I wouldn't be supporting Jude. But it was that it's quite, you know, it's a weird like powerful negative energy just to jump there and go like, okay, take him for all the money he's got. It kind of shocked me the of having to deal with people around us as much as we did. I was really naive to it. You don't plan on getting separated, do you? You don't want it. It comes at you. So you don't have any previous experience. Well, in our case, we didn't have any previous experience. But that that thing around you, I, I think for some, I'm guessing good influences obviously are going to be really helpful to people. But that negative side of things, I think, is really hard to deal with. Have, have you experienced that much? Yeah, and I think you have to be really careful. I knew the people that I was going to share sort of everything with that would help me along this journey. And I knew that I had people, even people that were very close, I didn't need to say every detail to. They just needed to know what happened, but I wasn't going to go to them for 
advice or open up to them properly. But I, I totally get where you're coming from. I think, especially when it's very raw in the first in the first part of it, as you said, people are dealing with it from their lens and their perspective, and it's all mm. you know. Most people have never been through this before, so you're navigating completely new emotions. As I said, there is there's probably always going to be a little bit of pride in there, a little bit of ego, a little bit of, right, it's got to look this way. It's got to be this narrative. It's got to, I've got to, you know, show this to people. And and again, it's it's people doing their absolute best with, with what they can. But I think those initial moments when you do, when it's almost like black and white, where, right, this is the decision that we've made, those initial few weeks of, as you said before, a lot can probably go wrong in those initial mm. weeks. And if people plant their flag in the ground and stick by it, that could be the basis that your your future relationship builds upon of, you know, a lot's happened in that time. It's probably got even worse. And now we're really against each other. Where, again, probably a lot of the work that, that you've done as well coming in recovery, a lot of it is you can't get away without looking within and going right where where can I do better here where can I forgive I don't want to live my life angry at someone I don't want to live my life full of resentment because that's going to drag me down it'll also drag Nelly down and again when we've got a a child in the middle of it I want her mum to go on and have the best possible life that she can because I know how much of an impact that has on Nelly and a little bit like you said you know when people said to your your ex-wife take him for everything he's got and and the insinuation is that you wouldn't want to mm. give them the best life they can possibly have like that's the mother of your children and absolutely whatever house that they grow up in you want the best for them you know you want to give them what you can and mm. that's where if you can get through that initial period and then i think you said to it before about time as well i think time is just you kept saying to this to me in the in the early days of you know time will time is a healer and I've really noticed that I've really noticed that in the last few months of emotions dying down a little bit more it's not as reactive this thing's been taken out a little bit and now we can sort of make decisions a bit more rationally whereas when it's first happening there's just so many emotions and so much fear for me I was thinking where am I going to live? What happens with the house? What do I pay here? When do I get to see Nelly? What happens at Christmas and this and that? And it's just your mind is just all over the place. And like yeah. you said, if, if you didn't have anyone to talk to at that point, that must have been a, a really difficult position for you to be in. So what were, what were some of the what were some of the things that, that helped you in those initial stages, would you say? Well, I, w- I want to tell you this story, which had a massive impact on me. When it was right in the heart of the difficult period of, of separation, marriage se- separation was really new. I went down to London for a, a meeting and I can't even remember what the exact meeting was about. It was the only meeting we had. So I only met this guy once. And I remember I met him at King's Cross Station, at one of the cafes there. And I sat down and he he said, oh, how's things, how's life? And and for some reason, I guess because I was a bit burdened, I just unloaded on him a little bit, <laughs> maybe because he was a stranger. I just thought, you know, I'm going to tell you my where I'm at. And I said, look, I'm, you know, I'm going through separation, divorce, and it's just really, really difficult. And I'm I'm finding it 
the influence of other people around us really difficult and I'm just finding it really difficult. And he just said, listen, I went through that 18 months ago and he said, and I went, and it was exactly the same for me. It was really difficult at times and I, and I felt really isolated. And he said, the thing you have to remember is that the truth will rise. So if you're a great father, that truth will rise. No one will be able to hide that. If you're a bad father, the truth will rise. If you're going to be the best ex-husband ever, that truth will rise. Or if you're going to be in absolute shambles, that's going to show as well. You cannot get away from the truth. In time, it will reveal itself. So he said, just remember that in the heart, heart of it, where you feel like you're trying to prove something all the time. He said, you don't have to prove it in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Just keep stepping forward. Keep trying to make the best decision you can at any given time. Be the best ex-partner you can. Be the best dad you can. And you're not going to get everything right. But just try to keep moving forward. And remember, the truth will rise. And honestly, the guy, like I never met him again. It was such an amazing piece of advice for me. And and I know that I said that to you, mm. didn't I? That, you know, that sometimes we, we're acting out of pain and you're right. Sometimes things that are said early on, everyone hooks onto. It can be really damaging for long term mm. rather than just letting it play out. But in the end, the truth will rise for all of us. We can't hide from it. If we're not going to, we're not going to be true to our word. It, it's going to reveal. Again, it's someone giving you, a lot of people say you can't give what you haven't got. And he's got that experience of, and to have that kind of knowledge 18 months after a divorce and to be able to pass that on to someone. But again, it shows like for us doing this podcast, how much of an impact that guy's words had on you that it completely probably reframed the way you were feeling at that time and probably had a a big impact on what you went on to do from that point onwards. And this is why I think it's important for us to to have this discussion, just because people at whatever stage might, and Christmas is coming up, you know, it's a, it's a, a difficult moment for for parents that are separated or people that mm. have been in a familiar cycle for for year upon year and also knowing that you know it's okay to do whatever you you know individual case but you do have an opportunity to let let go of a lot and sometimes it takes especially when you've got people around you as well like you say that are, are in your ear a little bit but if you want to be the best that you can be and there's that little thing inside of you going, do you know what? I don't need to hang on to this anger mm. or resentment any longer. I don't need to be against. I don't need to wish bad on this person. It makes a hell of a difference. And mm. I can only speak from from personal experience, but I I haven't felt that at all here, but I felt that previously in, in my life of carrying around a ball of anger and a ball of resentment. and not wanting someone to do well. And I know that it affected me more than than that person. They didn't know about it, but it just dragged me down. Mm-hmm. But I think you do have an opportunity to let go. And again, that's why I believe having this kind of conversation gives people the opportunity for that. Just to hear two people talk about this this topic will make people reflect on their own experiences or what they're going through or what they've been through and will give them an opportunity to to perhaps make a change or to identify what could be done differently. Yeah. And that, that's probably the power in this, in, in sharing in general.
Yeah, for sure. I mean, what do they say about resentments? It's uh, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm. I actually had this conversation with Jude's partner, Dom, recently, and we were talking about how, you know, when you look at a, I don't like calling it failed marriage because there's that immediate implication of failure, wrong. You know, a separation is or a, a divorce is the reality is that everyone has their narrative as to why it happened. As in the two people, particularly, they'll have their narrative and and it may align a lot or it may align not a lot. I would be staggered if it was ever 100% aligned where they're like, yeah, this is exactly, we all agree, great, done. (laughs) But the narrative, eventually, you have got to get to a place where you're like, it is what it is. It's happened and I'm not, I'm now going to move forward. And I think whether you're talking about yourself individually and there aren't kids involved do you want the rest of your life affected by the narrative you have about your past marriage that's fallen apart? Or do you want to move forward? And if you've got kids, do you want them to be affected by that narrative you've got about the past? Or do you want to move forward? And it, you've got to make a decision just to go, whatever it is, it's it's gone. And now mm-hmm. I look forward. And I think in what you're talking about, my relationship with Jude, I, I know that we've both done that. We've both kind of gone, we move forward. It's interesting though, isn't it? About you talked about feeling a bit embarrassed at the start and there's pride involved and what comes with that is ego. And I think this is a really interesting point is that the stigma attached to it, mm. bearing in mind nearly half the people who get married, get divorced, nearly 40, 40%. You'd call that common, wouldn't you? It's not rare, certainly not rare. There is that mental stigma in it. And I think, and maybe it's easy for me to say, but I think sometimes, and I know that people who, who I'm caveating this all over the place, but I know people who proudly do not believe in divorce will not like what I'm about to say. I get that totally. But my own experience is that my relationship with Jude that didn't, we're not, we're no longer married. Do I regret it? Do I look at it as a failure? Not at all. It was just not at all. It was just a passage of time. And that passage of time came to an end. It wasn't to be forever. That doesn't mean in my mind, and you tell me in a minute, Fraser, whether I'm looking (laughs) through rose tinted glasses, but it doesn't, I don't need to look back on it with real regret or anger or it's just a passage of time. And sometimes those relationships, they reach a point but they're not, they're not to carry on. And that's okay. It's funny this, because I had this, I had this conversation the other day and I think there are different lenses that you look at, you can look at it by. And I got into this relationship aged 22 and separated when we were 32. So 10 years. And, you know, you could look at it and go, well, that's 10 years I've wasted there. And I would never, ever, ever, you know, look at it that way. First of all, because as I say, keep saying we've got the most amazing door during this relationship. But also, Stacey gave me everything that I wanted and needed at that time in my life. And I'd like to think that I did that for her too. She came along at a point and we helped each other through the most difficult of circumstances. She taught me about love. She taught me about what it was like to be in a long-term relationship, to get married. I learned so much about myself. And where I look at the relationship is I, I was 22 years old when we met and playing professional football, not very self-aware at all. 
didn't know really who I was and I did everything to try. I didn't feel enough going into this relationship and, you know, Stacey, beautiful and she'd been a pop star and all this kind of stuff and I never felt enough. So I tried to do everything that I could just to, to get her to like me, basically. And at 22 years old, I was, as I say, playing football and going out at the weekends and young and free and stuff like that. And in those 10 years, I've just been through Stacey and through life and for everything. I've been taught so many invaluable lessons that have led me to becoming 32. And I look back now and I'm, I'm a very, very different person to what I was when I was 22. And if Stacey had met me as a 32 year old, we probably wouldn't have been compatible from day one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's not to say I regret anything because we've had an amazing 10 years. There's been, you know, I think you can always be guilty of this as well. You look back at certain moments and think mm. it's, it's all been unhappy or it's all come yeah. to an end, but we've had, even recently, just some amazing moments together and as a family. And there's so much valuable learning in that experience. If you can step away from it and look, and you can't do that after a week. <laughs> you know, if you if you do step away from it in that and you think, right, what's happened in this 10 years? Just mm. so many incredible things. And now we have an opportunity to raise the most beautiful little girl and go on to be the people that we deserve to be. And we both deserve to be loved for who we are and to, you know, not have to shrink down or change or adapt in order for a relationship to work. And I think a lot of people that I know, people's parents that I know, Nelly's four, and they would say, right, let's wait until she's 18 maybe. But that's 14 years of little resentments maybe building up or a child picking up on that vibe and understanding it. And, you know, we, we spoke to, to Stephen Reed on the last episode and I think his parents got divorced when he was 40 and it's, that's obviously quite unusual. Mm-hmm. But in the episode, he said, you know, there were some things going up, going on at home that I kind of picked up on. And, you know, I, I look at that and I think, right, what is best for us also, but what is best for Nelly? And, mm. you know, we obviously came to the decision that this is best for everyone. And now it's about how we how we do that going forwards. And I'm guessing that you would, you know, obviously look back at your past relationship with with a pretty similar viewpoint. Yeah, totally. I, I really do. I think you meet people when you're ready to meet people, mm. you know, and I, I'm obviously the most beautiful relationship now with Joe. And I... But I met her when I was ready to meet her as a person. I was ready to to take on that love. And I wasn't that person when I was 28. I, I wasn't, it wasn't possible. So I think you meet people at the, the right time. I find the kids bit and how your kids are affected. It, I, we need to talk about it. And I know I can hear, feel myself not wanting to talk about it, <laughs> which means we should talk about it and just yeah. get to the nub of it because are children affected by divorce? Uh, I, yes, I think so. I have to. I have to say that. To what extent? I can only judge it on my experience, and I think that I have seen far too many marriages that are together, and I watch them as parents with their children, and it not be healthy. 
And it might be because there is tension in the marriage. It might be because, I don't know, they're stale and they're just not really on it. And it looks 2.4 children. It looks as it should do. But the reality is that you don't, you have two parents who are not very present. There's a tension, simmering tension that might last for years and years and years. And I would ask the question then, are those kids affected? Mm. And the answer is definitely. And so I, I struggle a little bit when people kind of look down their nose a little bit. And I had that actually early on as well, kind of, well, your kids are really going to be hurt and damaged by this. And I felt the full force of that guilt and I have done for a long time. But I think almost I want to correct that balance. I acknowledge that, yes, you're right. It's not perfect. And you and I feel that 1 billion percent. But I see often in what looks like, you know, inverted commas, the right look, and it's not healthy for the kids. And I know, let's me talk about you, for instance, which is easier. I know you're a phenomenal dad. And I know, and Stacey's a great mum. And you, Nelly, is going to be surrounded by love, surrounded by love. It's not, you know, it's not going to be exactly as it might be in a 2.4 children's story, but surrounded by love. And that's the most important thing. I've had to have that conversation with myself as well, especially in those early days when you do think, because our, our separation didn't just happen, but you do have that thing, right? Should we stick it out? Should we? Should, and I've I've seen that myself, the effect that that can have on other children when parents, and it, again, like I said, it doesn't have to be all guns blazing, big arguments and that kind of thing, but just a subtle tension, like you said, and an energy that, that children pick up on. And it's far better for the children to to see a healthy relationship being modelled because I've, again, I've done like a lot of research on this but just because I have felt, you know, those emotions and I've, I've been like, right, what, what is the best finale at this point? What can I do from here? And I, I definitely feel like this is the right one. And it, yeah. it also brings me to the other point that, again, I really didn't want to think about or talk about and it brings that sense of fear when I go to talk about it is the thought of Nelly having another man in the house potentially mm. and for Stacey meeting a new partner. And I think for a lot of dads and for a lot of mums who, you know, Stacey will be feeling the same way about this, but that brings, you know, or has brought a lot of fear. But also this is where you've been amazing for me is, is knowing what I can control and knowing what I can't control, letting go of certain things that I have to let go. But also this is where the relationship with Stacey comes in because I now want her to be in the best position that she can possibly be and be the best person that she can possibly be, the best mum she could possibly be. Because mm. if she is, like you said, she will attract a guy that is a good male role model for Nelly. And that still for me is difficult to come to terms <laughs> with. But when I... Again, when I came around to your house on Friday and to see Jude with, you know, with a new partner and he's round and your children are around him and you can just, you can just sense like, right, she's, you know, she's in a good position here and she's met someone that's a, a really good guy. I, I kind of want to know how, how that side of it, you know, the thought of it was for you in the beginning and then how, how that's played out for both, for, you know, both ways really, because you are obviously yeah. 
in a in a lovely relationship yourself at the moment. I'm glad we've talked about it, it, it because you, you're right; it's, it's really important. It takes time to get used to the thought, you know, and it, you don't have to get used to it in a millisecond. It, it, it takes time. And what you said about Stacey being the best place she can be, she'll attract someone mm. equally as, as awesome. And that's absolutely right. For me, I, it's why I did. I said that thing on the Being Dad podcast that you don't own your children. It's a really important thing. And funnily enough, Jude's partner, Dom, brought that up with me. He was mm-hmm. like, you yeah. know, that's a really good point. Because he listened to the podcast and he was he was like, I got a lot from that point. And I, what I mean by that is that it's a, it's a tough one for a parent to think of, but we are one of the most significant people in our children's lives. No question of it. One of probably the two most significant people in our lives, but, but we might not be the only ones and that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't diminish from their love for us. It doesn't diminish from our impact on them. And it takes a bit of getting used to, but now for me with Dom, I'm enormously grateful he's around my children enormously i'm not saying that to make Mm. it sound good or paint a picture that's not true i really am i'm enormously grateful because i'm not there all the time so what they're seeing is a healthy man with a healthy relationship with their mum, and that's really really important if ever I get in, I don't anymore, but if ever previously I'd feel a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure about if this is going to happen or not. I knew it was my ego talking. I knew it was me going, yeah, but I'm dad, you know, everyone Mm. should be listening to me. And I've seen a lot of that in other relationships and it's really unhealthy and it's just your ego screaming out. This this all takes so much self-awareness. And again, it's why... I'm so grateful that I've been through what I've been through in the last four or five years because if this happened four or five years ago when I was drinking heavily and I wasn't self-aware and I didn't understand my emotions, I didn't understand anything about what was going on inside or how I reacted to things, I'd have probably been in a very, I'd been a very different person dealing with this situation at the minute. I'd have been jealous, angry, resentful, drinking, thinking that I owned my child. And it takes a lot of, this is where I obviously say the the recovery work's been just a game changer for me, really, is being able to to deal with these situations healthily and Mm. to understand myself and to understand what could possibly happen and not to react in a certain way and to get out of the way of myself and my ego because that that ego would have been running the show a few years back. And, um, yeah, understanding that and, and being aware of it allows me to deal with this situation in the best way that I can. And as I say, I, I'm, I'm getting much better at talking about myself in a good way. Like I, I'm proud of the dad that I am, I'm proud of how I've dealt with this situation. I'm proud of the way, the version that Nelly's going to get from me. And mm. she will only ever see a dad that, and a, a, another thing that you touched on before when we talked about leaders was, the integrity. So knowing that she's going to dad's on this day and yeah. knowing 100% that I'm going to be there and that 20 minutes beforehand, I'm not going to be going, oh, sorry, no, I can't be there today. It's no, she is, is number one in everything. And, you know, if I say that I'm going to be there, my, my actions need to model that. And for her to have that sense of security and support that if dad says he's going to be there, he's going to be there. And that's really important 
you know, for me in this. But again, it's probably another lesson that I took from from this podcast and thought, although I knew it was the right thing to do, it probably got worded and, and it stuck with me that if I say I'm going to be there, I'm, I'm there every time. And that, yeah. that's an important one because I think, oh, massive, you know, modeling those behaviors, but, but for children to have that, that level of security, how have you found, I think you touched on it before in a previous episode, but that, mm. that time away from your children, how has that felt yeah. when you, you know, when you might go a little period without, without seeing them? Extremely, extremely mm. difficult. I think that the, it's helped when I feel because I'm sorry, I'm I'm trying to sort of tap into those emotions in real time. There's a lot of guilt wrapped into that. I think where you're not there, there's I miss them. Mm. I, you know, I want to. Oh, I'm getting emotional now. No, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know, you just it's like you want to smell the, the the their skin. You know mm. what I mean? And that cuddle and it, it's really difficult. Yeah. But we make our choices. You know. And it's one of those moments where you have to take responsibility for the decisions that I've made, not point the finger at anyone else. I have to take responsibility for where I am, what's happening, and make the absolute best of it I can. I find it difficult, really difficult, but I know that they are in a beautiful home, wrapped in love with an unbelievable mum mm. and Dom and the support. And when I'm not there, I don't feel... I don't know how that would feel, by the way, feeling like really anxious about how your children are. I think that would be unbearable. The only times I've ever felt that is when I know that they need me at that moment. There's something's happened. There's been some sort of, not crisis, but a problem or, mm. and I'm not there. I know how that feels. That feels awful. So if that was there all the time, mm. I, I think that would be really, really difficult. But like I go back, it's imperfect you have to take responsibility. You know, you are taking responsibility for where you're at. Mm. It's imperfect, but you go, I just got to make the absolute best of the situation I'm in. Mm. And I go back to that point I said earlier, there are, there are some homes where the dad is there the whole time, but is he there the whole mm. time? You know, I, Fraser, I can tell you this because I turn up, I watch, you know, you know, my kids play a lot of hockey and I watch a lot of hockey. It's not that many dads there. I've raised it, you know, there's far more mums there than dads. And that makes me think at times when I'm there. I'm like, well, I'm here because time is so precious. I want to absorb everything I can with them. But where are all the other dads? Hmm. What are they doing? Are they just at the pub or watching football? I don't know. But maybe there's something in that. Yeah, I agree. And I also look back and I I think if my mum and dad separated sooner, then I wouldn't have seen some of the things that I saw in childhood. And it would probably have been a, a healthier upbringing for me or initial phase of life. So I've also got, got that in there. But like you say as well, on paper, something can look a certain way of, you know, we're a successful family because, you know, we've stayed together for 30 years. Mm-hmm. But it's like, right, we stayed together. We're resentful and he's drinking or having an affair or doing this or doing that. And But on paper, yeah, they're, they're happily married for 30 years. And, you know, I know relationships like that and I know what's what's the healthier outlet for you and for the child. Like I, you know, like you, I've got to a stage in life where you can look at, at yourself in the mirror and really like the person that you are and be proud of that person that you are 
And like you say, the truth will rise. If you're continually being that person and being that dad and being that supportive partner, your self-esteem and your self-worth and, and what you offer to your children is up there. Whereas if you're not modeling those behaviors and you're deceitful or negative or toxic, that's the impression truth you can have rise. of yourself and the truth will rise as well. And always again, like the more, the more that I have this conversation with you, the more I reiterate and see an evidence that it can work because I, you know, me and, me and Stacey have, have shared a lot on social media over the last few years. And I've done a lot. So we, we, you know, put out a little post to say that we'd separate because, mm. you know, people could see and I was getting questions and so was she. So we just did a little thing to address it and then we didn't need to post anything else. But I got some really lovely messages off the back of that from people that were now adults whose parents had separated, just saying how, how loved they, that they felt how much of an amazing upbringing that they had, how much their parents, you know, they felt love from both sides of the family. And there was one woman in particular whose son had just turned 18 and talked about, it really actually really choked me up the message. and talked about how her son graduated this year and they took him out and, you know, the mum and dad went together and he said he thanked them for separating when they did when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And for a kid to do that, to instead of getting half of two parents in a in a loving home two whole parents in separate homes and he thanked them for the decision they made because he could see you know how much of a positive impact it had on him that was that was lovely and reassuring to hear as well There's one, there's one other thing I kind of wanted to, to tackle within this. I don't know exactly what question I'm asking, really. I think it's it goes back to that comment that Jude was telling you that someone said, I'll just take him for all he's got. And this is directed at men, this, and this is a, uh, we're talking about men's issues. And I know that every circumstance is different. And so, again, that's a huge caveat. And I know that my circumstances are not going to be the same as somebody else's about how how I feel about my marriage, my ex-wife, etc. But I find it really hard to swallow that a man wouldn't want to do everything they could to support the mother of their children or a mother of a child of theirs. I find it really difficult to understand why someone would not want to take that responsibility on. That's not to say that in someone's position, they might not be able to do a lot because of their own personal circumstances. And I understand that. But I don't understand that mentality of why I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm asking you, like, Hmm. why? Why would you as a man not want to support the mother of your children? I think that's where it's that me v you side when that's still Mm. present in that the person that gave that advice of taking for everything he's got if one part is going into the divorce with that mentality that it creates a me against you of right i'm getting everything off of you no you're not and it's like that that back and forth Mm. but like you i (laughs) i want nelly to grow up in the best possible conditions that she can Mm. so I've said this to Stacey, this is going to, I've never been financially driven. I've done things that I'm really passionate about and tried to turn that into a business or a way of making a career. 
And it's never been, right, what can I do to earn money? And the rest is irrelevant. But it has given me a real drive to succeed in, in my career and what I, what I go on to achieve. Just because I do, you know, it is overwhelming because I've moved out to my own apartment, I'm paying rent, I'm paying bills here, and then I want to support, you know, in the house that, that Nelly's in. So there's a lot of overwhelm going, oh God, how am I going to, you know, afford this or how am I going to, but it's, it's driven me, that's for sure. But I also, yeah, like I said before, I want, I want them to have the best life that they can have and Nelly to have the best mm-hmm. conditions. And that means me contributing what I can in order to facilitate that, but working with your partner in that, in that aspect mm-hmm. and not, it's a really difficult one because I can see, and I think it probably comes down to the how amicable you are and how it may take a little bit of time to get into that headspace. The difficulty is I do think a lot of groundwork in that early part of the divorce and a lot of stubbornness maybe has an effect on this kind of thing. But I'm like you, I, you know, I just want the best for for Nelly, but I also want the best for Stacey. You know, I've, there's someone that I've shared 10 years of my life with, and I'm not just going to throw that away. I want her to go on and, and have yeah. the best life that she can. And if yeah. I can, you know, support as, as a dad, then that's, that's what I really want to do. Not what I have to do. It's what I, I want to do. I've got one last question for both you and me, and then we're going to draw it to an end. So after our experiences, and obviously we're at different ends of the scale, it's very new for you. After the experience or experiences as you're going through a separation, do you, do you still believe in in love and marriage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah. And yeah, in, in both of those things, I... I think a lot of people probably get divorced and go, well, I'm never doing that again. And you know, <laughs> I think a lot of people do. Yeah. yeah. And I think their next yeah. partner, they're probably like, well, I've, I've gone down that road before. And if it doesn't work out and you go into it with that trepidation, but I think with, with love and if you are going to go all in and genuinely feel it, then you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable, allow yourself to go into it as if it's the first time. And mm you know, learn from your experiences, but not take those scars and those baggage onto your next relationship. I definitely believe in love, believe in marriage. I don't see what me and Stacey have had as a failed marriage at all. Mm. And I think that's where traditionalists may disagree or whatever it might be, but I don't see that as a a failed marriage at all. I think it's a Mm. really mature decision to make. I know that you believe in, <laughs> you still believe in love because I see how love, loved up you are <laughs> and what a lovely relationship that is. And mm. yeah, how, how do you feel about that still? I'm the same as you. Yeah, of course I do. My relationship with Joe is extraordinary and beautiful and wonderful. And my previous experiences are what got me to be able to embrace a relationship like this and be able to have the maturity and the allow myself to be vulnerable in order to to have this sort of relationship. So I do completely. And I, and I think it comes from everything you've said, I agree. And it's viewing it not as a failure, but just as, as a passage of time mm. that came to an end 
and that I grew and learned a lot from previously and I am where I am today. And I think when you view it through that lens, I think you are always going to believe in love and marriage and rightly so. It is there for everybody, but it's it not see them as car crash failures, embarrassments, things to not talk about and go, actually, it was just a passage of time that I learned a lot from and I've moved forward from. Well, mate, thank you so much. This is a big topic to talk about. You've been amazing and it's not easy because it's so brand new for you. So thank you. No, thank you, mate. And you've you've really helped me through this period. So I feel like I... I owe it to people, you know, listeners to almost, you know, if we can do what you did for me for other people, then it's definitely worth worth talking about. Brilliant. Thanks for listening to the Understanding Men podcast. You can find us on all major social platforms, including Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, we'll be promoting every episode via our own personal social media handles. So please come and find us. We want this podcast to be as interactive as possible. So please comment, message us directly or publicly. We will get them all and tell us what you want us to talk about. Also, if you've liked what you've heard, then go ahead and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Lastly, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review. And obviously a five-star rating will help other people find us. So thank you and goodbye for now.